I mean, I feel as though us like having to get back into the swing of things and be like, all right, how do we do like, you know, re relearn how to do this is um what Peter deserves. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's what Peter deserves. I think it um, is. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast where we go absolutely cuckoo bananas over our favorite characters from Degrassi The Next Generation. I'm Keely Bell, and you can join me every week with a special guest to talk about how these characters did whatever it takes and how exactly they made it through. Welcome back after a an unplanned hiatus. We apologize. You know how um, how long that hiatus was? How long? Um, I've lost all sense of podcasting decorum because when you said welcome back, my the first thing I wanted to say was, and welcome front. <laughs> That's, I think, extremely appropriate for a podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we, we, why were we away, Daniel? Can you? Can... Yeah. Um. This isn't your podcast, so I'm just really just sloughing off the responsibility onto you. Okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, I have been um, moving my parents out of my childhood home for the past month. Yes. yes. Um, which was um, very, very busy and tiring. And then I also helped um, a college friend of mine um, move into his apartment. It was like abundantly clear that his apartment, his new apartment, was so much better than anything I could have imagined he could afford. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, mood. so I had to take a deep sleep um, to, <laughs> to get my um, jealousy to subside. <laughs> it, like, like the seething rage I felt going back and forth, carrying boxes into um, his bedroom that has its own bathroom. Yeah. Like je- <laughs> incomprehensible rage. And, yeah. And he is one of my best friends from college. I love, <laughs> I love that man. And I hate him now. I, <laughs> I want him to pay. What have I been doing? I've been, um, like, we, we have been planning our own move. Um, I've been doing things that I can't say on the podcast because my job, I don't know who listens from my job if they listen. So they don't need to know what I'm doing about my job. Um <laughs> Um, what else have I been doing? Um, having intermittent mental breakdowns, um, preparing for writer's fellowships. Oh, and I finished my screenwriting class. That was, that was a big part of it. The fucking, my fucking short film that I now detest. Uh, (laughs) I I say just leave it alone and then revisit it back when you don't have feelings about it in a hundred years. You know, funnily enough, I actually did that when I read it to my mom, literally like five days after I turned it in. And I already was like, oh yeah, this wasn't as bad as I, as I made it out to be because um, I have no stakes in it anymore. Yeah. Um, It's, it's funny how when there's no grade attached to it anymore, you can mm -hmm. look at something objectively and be like, Oh, yeah, no, this was actually really good. Yeah, and my mom really liked it. So that's where we've been. Um, we apologize for taking so long. Oh, yeah, we also went to Disneyland. That was... Um, that we was, sure did. Yeah, that was toward the beginning of the the accidental hiatus. Like, Or actually, really, our birthdays were the very beginning of the accidental hiatus. And then we, record, we did record an episode. We recorded, but it yeah. wouldn't let me edit or post it. Yeah. Um, because I, I think my theory behind that was that I had edited out so much dead air because it was a game that we had a lot to like 
we, we had a lot of dead air of just thinking. Yeah. And so it ended up being a lot of audio clips and it crashed the system. So we, we crashed the system. Darling. Yeah. So if we ever want to do that again, we either have to learn <laughs> to be succinct or I need to do it on a different, um, on a different platform. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll try and edit it another day. Yeah. But um, as of now, it's a lost episode and that's okay. <laughs> you know what? Um, we're creating um, mythos and lore. Mm-hmm. It, over... it joins it joins the ranks of um, the lost pilot, the lost Emma episode, uh, the lost oh, yeah. Jimmy episode. Um, and now our lost um, fucking, or no, the, the back end of our, of our Jay episode. <laughs> Listen, Jay's ass lost to time. <laughs> Jay's back end lost in time. <laughs> if only this were a J episode, that would be the title of the episode. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not a J episode. Uh, this is a Peter Stone episode because oh yeah, by the way, um, we had we had promised if you're if you're a person who wasn't following um, the podcast and have just now found it in like the you know the ether of time, um, we had promised last episode that we would deliver like fun episodes before we dive back into the, um, the character analysis. But, uh, after this hiatus, we just decided to dive back into the character analysis just cause we know that's what you guys love and want to listen to. So we might as well, um, not, not beat around the bush anymore. Oh yeah. And um, what Peter loves to do is beat around his bush. Mm, elaborate on that <laughs> i don't know i assume he's a guy who jacks off but like every morning but like to the same pornographic video every single morning like, I, I feel see like that i see and, that for peter and i also feel according to his wiki page um he's the fourth man to be accused of being a pedophile on this like show. what the fuck i i don't why would you say that right after talking about him watching porn in the morning are um, you accusing him? Are you the accuser, Daniel? As it turns out, I'm the mod of the Degrassi Wiki, and <laughs> I have been speaking out about him for years. So I guess that leads into, um, what are our general opinions on Peter Stone? He is, um, and I'm putting this, I'm going to try and put this delicately, hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. A steaming pile of refuse. Yeah, like I feel the same way. Um, funnily enough, I didn't have like extreme hatred for Peter for most of my time in this fandom. Um, (laughs) and then our most recent rewatch, I've really noticed like, wow, they really tried to sell us the most horrible boy on earth and then act as if they didn't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Like when I first expressed, oh God, I hate Peter. And you were like, he's not that bad. Right, right. And then I just, cont- I remember smugly looking at you every time he did anything. Yeah. Because he does everything shittily. It's funny because, like, Jay, also a pile of steaming shit. But Absolutely. somehow him being poor <laughs> and him having, like, an actual redemption. Not even, it's like, yeah, like he has a redemption arc, but it's not even, like huge it's not even like he does a lot all he does is fall in love with manny you know like and you know all the things that come with that but like so like how was jay's redemption arc so much more successful than peter's when they tried so hard (laughs) for peter and it still felt like it failed 
it's the classism of it all in my yeah. in, in my opinion. Like also, like we really do have to give it up for the actor who played Peter because he did the oh, best uh, yeah, with what he of did. Course. Yes. Jamie Johnston is a wonderful actor. I would say like pretty top tier of of the series. Um, and you know, he did a good job making us yeah. hate Peter. He, and like he, he got significantly better as time went along. Those early seasons, mm-hmm. like like everybody else. And it was really the beginning where you introduce like a fresh actor who hasn't quite gotten his bearings in the role yet. Mm-hmm. And that haircut he had, yeah, and the the way they dressed him, it was punch face city for the exactly. for the end of time. Exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like, he, like, yeah, like, early Peter is just such a, like, skis. It's like, you look at him and you're like, okay, this is a rich boy who thinks he can get away with anything. And he does. He is exactly who he is. Um, And then, like, he's, like, he's just constantly throwing people under the bus and being the worst man alive for, like, no reason. Like, it's just, it's, it's. It's embarrassing to watch this character exist for most of uh, those seasons, like seasons five through seven. And it's really like, it's a very dated concept Mm -hmm. to ask an audience of people to um, empathize with someone from this particular background Mm -hmm. after being so wretched for so long. Yeah. Because like, like this, his character could not fly as is in no not at all like, they would have had to like he's the kind of character like he, they would have had to rick him which is not to say that they would have killed him but like <laughs> they, they would have oh they, they very well could have they could have but here's the thing like they wouldn't like it, the, the the death is not necessary when yeah. i say that they would have ricked him it's that the kind of guy that Peter is wouldn't be a main character now. They would have had to make him a character that is like a supporting role that they could then discard after five, six episodes, you know? Yeah. Like, that's that's the kind of character that Peter is that would exist in 2021. Because it's like, nobody in 2021 is going to ever let him live that down. <laughs> yeah, and like, his parallel in terms of just straight traits, mm-hmm. um, the closest that I could come up with was Miles, where yeah. you're where you're rich, you're an artist, you're mm-hmm. smarmy, but supposed to be charming and disarming. Um, yeah. You, you have to throw in the bisexuality, you have to throw in the abusive father right at the get-go. Yeah. And you but have here's... and you have to delete the the obvious, you know, revenge porn plot line that right. you get introduced but, like, with. Exactly. And like, here's the thing about Miles that is so different from Peter is that we don't get those, those things for a while. Right. So like Miles isn't an artist for a while. He's not bisexual for a while. Like we just watch him be kind of an asshole, um, dating Maya and dating Zoe and blah, 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 all that. Meanwhile, at this, or in, in contrast to what they did with Peter, which was, like, yeah, he's shitty, but, like, his parents got divorced, like, two years ago. <laughs> and it's like, what? Yeah. Like, it's like we're, we're apologizing for him. Like, this is why yeah, he's like they're so trying awful. To make, yeah, like, they're trying to make it seem like his upbringing as the, a child of divorce is somehow, like, 
something that can absolve him of the things that he does to Manny and Emma and Sean and Darcy and everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like, sure, he can be shitty and have that be a reason he's shitty, but that's not, but the re- it, a reason is not our redemption art. Right. You know exactly. I mean? Exactly. And like, the yeah. So like, we'll get into that um, with yeah. the actual plot lines. But before we hit the plot lines, how would you, uh, how would you sum up Peter's arc in three sentences, Daniel? Linda Schuyler and Stephen Stone took a big dump in season five. <laughs> That dump <laughs> congealed into a button down underneath a sweater with lots of hair gel, and he named himself Peter Stone. Throughout the course of the series, <laughs> Peter Stone asked, nay, beseeched us to forget his origin story, and we did not. That's a beautiful, beautiful. I think that might be your best one yet. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty proud of that one. Actually. His origin story <laughs> as a turd. <laughs> as, as a twin turd of Skylar and Stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, How would you describe Peter Stone uh, in three sentences, Keely? I cannot be that. Um, <laughs> it's not a competition, and I've won, know, so it's fine. But here's the thing everything is a competition to me secretly. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Peter Stone starts his time on the show as a smarmy asshole, period. He does not really change, or no, I, I scratched that. He does change, but out of necessity, period. <laughs> out of convenience. Um, <laughs> in the end, he does not make any great contribution to society, period. <laughs> wow, you know, you could replace Peter Stone's name with half just the ain't shit man I know. And yeah. it would work. <laughs> yeah. He, he, yeah. Got, he changed out of necessity and convenience. Yeah, but he didn't out of convenience. Act, he didn't exactly. contribute much to society at large. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah, okay. So we did that. Um, now we can dive into the plot points. Um, to which I need to give a little bit of a, of a caveat here. Um, mine, my, two of my plot points are arcs more than they are plot points because Peter is one of these characters that has a bunch of like small like he like he has a bunch of like small interspersed plots that are just him existing you know yeah. like and and it's it's not like for a while there that there is any kind of like uh cohesion or like like it, it always just feels like he's showing up to just be an asshole and then leave. Um, so... Yeah, he, he's the Black Widow of this Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's yeah. in everyone else's movie, but he has yet to get his own. We get the Peter Stone. Um, um, we get the Peter Stone spinoff movie in which Florence Pugh plays his little sister. He does have that little sister. He, he sure does. And what then, was her uh... fucking name? And then Rachel Weiss takes over as da- as Daphne Hanselagos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the cop from Stranger Things <laughs> plays his fucking... Uh, what, what's his name? His is dad. His, fucking car dealer dad. Is his name also... Peter Stone is not Peter Stone the second, right? No. You're thinking of Miles. Well, yeah, but like I feel like 
Oh, Troy. His name is Troy His name Stone. Is Troy. Oh. Troy Stone. Why is Troy Stone kind of sexy now? Troy Stone <laughs> is a porn star name. It is. Daphne Hatsalakos is like a B movie like star name. Mm-hmm. And then Troy Stone is a pornographer. Yeah. You know, you when I, I actually have good notes today, um, because I like did them while I was at work. But um I have in my notes that I never really pieced it together, but Peter and Riley are both Greek. Yeah. And I no... never thought about it. <laughs> and like just as like Riley Stavros's Greekness is something that I think could have been explored more. Peter has absolutely no tie to any sort of no. culture, which is another thing that like I feel is just a gaping hole. Yeah. What could have endeared him to us. Yeah. There's literally. no culture. It's just divorced rich kid. Yeah. He's like, not divorced. He, He's he not calls, divorced. He calls his grandma something. Like something Greek. Like fucking. It's Oma, but not Oma. Right. Like something of that nature. So like, but it's so funny that he and Riley never like bonded over that. Um, considering they're friends. Um, you know what? They are friends. They sure they are. are. Friends. That's part of my, um, that's part of my plot point. But back to what I was saying, my, um, so my plot points are that he is the worst man alive and I'm going to give examples of how, and then a, a second of my plot points is going to be his redemption arc. Um, I guess I'm first. You are first. So, uh, so yeah, Peter Stone is the worst man alive and here's why. Um, so naturally, our first time that we meet Peter is uh, the thing that would inform his character for the rest of the series, <laughs> which is him being this scrawny, pale, blonde boy at the pool that for some reason, Emma Nelson, who is now freshly out of a glow up, this is, gl- this is, new bitch emma uh some reason she is ogling him and like (laughs) i'm looking at the picture they have for him when they introduced him to season five he is posing with a hand of cards Mm -hmm. and giving puppy dog eyes but half of his face is in shadow and i have never felt such disdain yeah for for a human man (laughs) in my life Truly. Um, and so, yeah, Peter is introduced in that way as a, a boy that Emma is fawning over, only to find out, like, like this actually doesn't come up for a while, but, like, he's a grade younger than you, girl. That's, like, a big deal when you're in high school. <laughs> yeah, he's like, a baby. Like, why, would, why was junior Emma going after sophomore Peter? Anyway... <laughs> Um, anyway, he is, you know, a hot, rich guy or, you know, quote unquote, hot, rich guy. And, um, he's really just an accessory to Manny's plot, which is, you know, we talked about Manny's plot in the Manny episode, which was that she wanted to, um, to be an actress and she didn't feel good enough because her parents were not supporting her and they weren't supporting her wanting to alter her body to be an actress. And so then Peter... Um, you know, gets her alone at a rich person party, which wasn't his party. It was some party. It was a party. Um, it was a party in which he was like, you know, schmoozing with the gals. And he gets Manny alone and um, decides to videotape her with her boobies out. Um, and if, as if that wasn't bad enough, 
then distributes it across the school because I can't remember why. What was the revenge? Was um, it because she wouldn't date him or something? Yeah, it's because she wouldn't date him, I thought. No, he blackmails her just for money. For money? You're, you're rich! Yeah, he just wanted money. What the fuck, Peter? Like, that is, that's the, that's the thing. Like, this is, this, like, yeah. You saying that Linda Schuyler and Stephen Stones took a dump <laughs> and it is Peter Stone. That's exactly it. Because this Oh, is no, the he first... wants a camera. He wants a camera, money for a camera. So, yeah. This is the first time that they have introduced a character whose entire, like, motive and reasoning for doing anything is completely, like, doesn't make any sense. Your dad is rich. You have this like nice, or he doesn't have the car yet, but like in, in a half, in a year's time, you will have a nice car, Peter. <laughs> but so, yeah. And he's like blackmailing Manny for money. Um, and it's just like, it's, it's awful. And then he, you know, distributes her boobies all around the school, ruins her life. It's like, it's terrible. And so then like, you know, he's, established as like a new J kind of figure just a guy who is not to be trusted blah 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 just scum yeah and so he strikes up a relationship with Emma we'll get deep in that in the ships um because I do have stuff to say about Peter's relationships that I find funny but um throughout so like I think this might be why his redemption arcs feel so half-assed is because they are not linear it's not like he was bad, 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 and then suddenly he was fine, and then he was good, which is what happened to Jay. It's that he was bad, 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 and then okay, and then bad again, and then good to Emma while she had her eating disorder, and then bad again, you know? And it yeah. was just, it wasn't consistent, and it wasn't, like, like obviously, you know, growth isn't consistent like life it's not gonna be like that but like make an effort to at least figure have your audience know where we stand with this character like is he gonna be a good guy now is he gonna be a bad guy now right yeah um so yeah that's kind of what happens is that he's just kind of continually selling people out making bad choices um, that ruin people's lives. Like when in a season later, I can't name a single thing Peter did in season five, except share Manny's boobs. Um, that's because he, um, it, he, he is, um, he, he dates Emma in, in season five. Oh, right. That's when the eating disorder is. I don't know. Yeah. I was thinking that was season six. So yeah, it like feels most... like season six, but because that's yeah. when he fights with Sean is season six. Right, right, right. So most of season five is Peter secretly dating Emma. Then season six rolls around and he and Emma are a public couple. And then Sean comes back to town and obviously that's a threat um, to Peter. So what he does, <laughs> well, first of all, he like th- they make it no secret that at this point that they know that Peter looks like a fucking loser. Like, cause like they were trying in season five to be like, he's hot. Like he's so cute. Like, and you're, meanwhile you're looking at him and he's like the width of a pencil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, then they gave him bangs. So then they gave him bangs and he grew his hair out. And um, now it was no longer button downs under long sleeve shirts. It was, um, shirts with collars on them already like those <laughs> those like what are those that sport um rugby like rugby tees <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he 
is and like he wants real bad to be as cool as Sean because he doesn't you know he doesn't at first think that Sean's trying to encroach on his relationship but then he's like he's like so at first he's like oh I want to be cool like Sean I want to drag race like Sean I want to be you know a bad boy that everybody is like ooh. but like at this point everyone's like no pretty boy you're not that's not you like you need to relax and so once he has been officially laughed like out of that possibility he then realizes that sean wants to fuck his girlfriend and he plants drugs in sean's locker to get him expelled like this boy like he knows peter knows who sean is he knows that sean deafened a kid (laughs) and killed another kid kid. (laughs) Sean, Sean is, is hardcore. He's he is hardcore hot and hardcore. And he's on thin ice with the world. Like he's on, he's on that thin hockey ice. You tackle <laughs> no, him and he just Canada. falls right through. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Zamboni driver on the ice <laughs> waiting to run him down. <laughs> so yeah, and Peter plants drugs in his locker to get him expelled. Um so that he would then, you know, also he gets Sean sent to jail for him. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's just like all because, you know, he he likes Emma and he's and and Peter feels threatened by him. It's just a it's it's just a pattern of things like that. Peter is constantly selling people out. He sells Darcy to an online pedophile like yeah remember that so like yeah he sells darcy's likeness to adams uh an online pedophile who gives peter money so that he can um so that he can look at sexy pictures of darcy who takes sexy pictures just you know or no she was willingly giving them to adams but she like thought it was because they were pals (laughs) yeah because sometimes people are naive yeah a little stupid Exactly, and that's and that's Darcy. We'll get there. Oh, trust me, we'll get to Darcy's naivete. Uh, but yeah, so like Peter's the one who hooks her up with Adams, um, because she's under the impression that Adams is a teenager like them, and she's into uh, cheating on Spinner a little bit. <laughs> Only a little bit. <laughs> Only a little bit. Only as a treat. Um, a little, <laughs> a little adultery as a treat. Um, it's only one of the cardinal sins. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, so Peter um, cannot be trusted. He just can't. And then, like, I'm going to lean this into your plot point because it kind of it kind of feeds in. Then he starts a band. Yeah. Which, that is, I think, the big turning point for Peter and and his being a bad person because like obviously there's like stuff with darcy that we'll get into with ships that like really highly affects his um redemption arc but i think once the studs begins is when we are now led to believe that peter is his own protagonist and that he is now good and will not take advantage of people anymore right right so yeah, you can get into your first plot point now. Um, so this is the first time where I mean Peter has some humanizing like moments, but this yeah. is the first time where he like enterprises into his own thing. 
not as a film person, which is no, what, or as a photographer, or whatever the fuck he wants to be. Now yeah. he's like, I'm gonna be a musician. We really need to talk about the um the boy with a camera to boy with a guitar pipeline here. <laughs> yeah, there's a conspiracy here. Um, we, yeah, he's I, the second boy <laughs> to um drop his camera for a guitar. For a guitar, and this is um, <laughs> I'm I'm looking through. Um, Peter is the singer of. Just the Studes. 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 He joins the Studes. He, 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 he founds, creates the Studes. He founds the Studes mm-hmm. with Danny Van Zant and Sav Taj Bhandari. Mm-hmm. And this is back when um, Sav is a baby character. Baby, yeah. And, Sav and is ab- not even in the opening credits yet. Yeah, Sav is an absolute infant. And you could tell star quality. Star quality yeah, right there. Yeah, truly, truly. Oh my god, it's so weird to be like really discussing the like later characters now. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little trippy. Because <laughs> we've spent so much time being like Paige this and Ellie this and Craig that. And now it's like, oh, we get to talk about Sav and Anya. Yeah, because they're all they're they're all slowly encroaching in. Cause like mm-hmm. Peter this is wild. Peter is present at JT York's funeral. Ah, he oh. is he is present and he talks to Sove about it. Yes, that is weird. And then he founds the Studes, which are a focal point of this second wave of characters' exactly, whole yeah. things. So he joins this. He founds the Studes um, with these two um, Ricky Dig boys, little mm-hmm. little Van Zant and little Sav, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Oh yeah, um, Sav taking over Derek's spot in Danny's life. Yeah, and honestly, if we had to lose Derek to get Sav, I would do it every time. You know what? You know what? I am the Derek Haig um, defense squad, and I am, and you are one hundred percent correct. <laughs> I agree You're right. with you one hundred percent. If we had to sacrifice Derek to get Sav, yeah, kill him. <laughs> and I bet that's exactly what happened. They're like, "Hey, listen, we actually don't have enough room." for mm-hmm. another nerdy boy with a t-shirt we don't um, have you're enough gonna have room to get for rid of all of this <laughs> we don't have enough room for all this hair <laughs> we've well, got here... danny's hair we've got Derek's hair we've got sam's hair somebody's gotta go anyway peter stone and yep. the students <laughs> so he he founds the students um they play they they play for a while um mm-hmm. they're not very popular and so he has to sort of get a cool person in to sort of right. get them into the better gigs in comes Gavin Spinner Mason. Gavin Spinner Mason. The, like, like this is when we say Peter's the bridge. Like, he really, like, you can make an argument that Danny Van Zant is the bridge. But I've decided that since Peter did start the Studes, it makes him a bigger bridge. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Danny has deeper roots in he, he got there first. Yeah. But much he, like how life happens, a person of color is overshadowed by <laughs> a pretentious white man with no discernible talent or skill simply by being there. Yeah, but also I would say, yeah, Danny's roots, like, they're deeper, right? But also one of them is dead. So, <laughs> so meanwhile, Peter is he also he shares an ex-girlfriend with spinner right like he is he's dated emma he's he dated someone from the original like he dated the original bitch um he had a big plot with manny like i feel like those things kind of outweigh danny being there as liberty's little brother and also jt's and toby's friend yeah and later on the studs 
get Jane and they become Janie and the Stooges mm-hmm. because look, a woman with talent. <laughs> and <laughs> and th- that's great. We get some of the best hits Degrassi ever gives. Um, oh, and yes. we ha- And we have to thank Peter Stone for um, founding that group. Yeah. And um, it, it pains me to, to, to thank him for anything. <laughs> yeah, like, I would say the Stooges is probably... On, like, if we're ranking Degrassi bands, uh, if I were, if I get back on TikTok in that kind of way, I will do that. But like, if we're ranking Degrassi bands, I would say Downtown Sasquatch is number one, and then Stu's is number two, just like based like hit by hit, hit for hit. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I would, I would say, I would say that that's pretty correct. Yeah, and I love how in the Stu's, um, this is Peter's like, like we said earlier, was that he wanted so badly to be like Sean and like Jay and be like a cool bad boy. And everyone was like, no dude, like that's not what you're here for. And the Stoods was kind of his way of getting street cred. Yeah. And I loved the, like um, the fact that they start out secret. Like that was like the coolest thing to them was like, yeah, they're, like what if dead we... mouse with like a bunch of shit on their heads? I think yeah. they were rabbits. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, like, they had rabbit masks with, like, blood on the mouths. <laughs> and it was, like, ooh, a secret Degrassi band. But then the secret lasted, like, an episode. Yeah, and then they, and then they unmasked, and it was, mm-hmm. like... It wasn't even a big deal. No, everyone was, like, oh, it's just you guys. It's you guys, yeah. Well, also, um, didn't they have the masks on because no one wants to see a bunch of fucking nerds play? I guess. I think that's it. I think that is it. Because, like, yeah. oh, yeah, because Spinner was, like... The only way I'm going to be in this band is if you guys put things over your faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic behavior from Gavin Spinner Mason. You know, he Gavin Spinner Mason really injects drama in the in the most fun of ways. He does. Something, something that they, they believe Peter would do the same, but everything he did just ended up sucking. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I love the Stoods. Um they're like I said one of the best Degrassi bands they were fun and they like I feel like they them existing got a lot of fun like plot lines out of it yeah I I agree and yeah so so that's the Stoods and it eventually gets tossed out of the Stoods which I think is very um interesting Mm -hmm. that goes with your with your with my second plot so Mm -hmm. um that we can We'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, I'll do redemption arc. So like we said, the, the Stude's beginning really was like the beginning of like a new Peter of like somebody who is just doing regular high school shit, like starting a band and not, I don't know, selling teenage girls to online pedophiles. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh come on no, who among us hasn't made the sex trafficking mistake you know what I mean twice <laughs> twice um, oh, so, <laughs> so um, but if we're gonna back it up a little bit um, a lot of what Peter's redemption arc is kind of st- what like it's like it feels to me like this is all I'm picturing when I'm talking about this is like when you're starting a lawnmower <laughs> and you have to pull the thing and it's like <gasps> like that like you're trying but like it has to it doesn't start right away that's how i feel about peter's redemption arc is that they keep pulling the thing like oh emma's got an eating disorder let's have him be a good boyfriend and then it just kind of goes back down once he you know sells our 
Darcy to Adams online. And <laughs> then Dar- he goes through a bunch of stuff with Darcy and he's a good boyfriend throughout that. And then that's the next one, right? And it's kind of like, it doesn't fully take its course until he starts the studs. But yeah, so like two of those like mini plots of him be- showing some humanity, being better, um, really are interspersed with his ships with Emma and Darcy which um, like we'll get deeper into when we talk about ships but like his relationship with Emma is a secret for the most part um, and he is you know a, a, like I don't know maybe it's the bare minimum to support somebody through an eating disorder <laughs> maybe it's the bare minimum I mean th- there are some schools of thought that would say it's the bare minimum versus like um, you know you're, you're so supportive for staying and you don't have to yeah yeah um, but, like, I don't know. If you want to be their boyfriend, you kind of have to support them through the eating disorder, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Like, like, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, if you're going to date the person with the, with the disorder, probably support them through it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like, I would say him being, quote, unquote, good for Emma um, is kind of very close to just being the bare minimum. Where he actually shows, like, effort and... um something that's like actually commendable is through what he goes through with Darcy um, trigger warning for sexual assault. But if you didn't know, Darcy gets sexually assaulted, um, raped in season seven at the, in the opener of season seven. And throughout that she, or, and she's with Peter when that happens. Um, And throughout that, like, obviously it starts with him being like a little bit of an asshole, of him wanting to like not necessarily pressure her into having sex but like introducing the idea even though Darcy is you know religious and saving herself and um he and so like then she is raped and he they since they were both really drunk that night they assume that Peter was the one that she had sex with and she knows she had sex Peter does not feel that um and where i say his like actual humanity and like things that I can commend him for come in, which is, this is going to sound really weird, but it's, (laughs) it's after they've broken up. Like, obviously they kind of go through this. Darcy's pushing everybody away after the fact and they break up and that's, you know, kind of what happens sometimes. Um, He wants to support her through this, but she's making it really hard. So they break up, but then they get, (laughs) it's, it's, then they're at that camp, right? Right. Um, where Darcy is being um, um, like her family doesn't know what she's gone through. And so she, they are at this camp of, for like reforming teens. Um, and he really wants to be there with her. So he makes up a like crazy story, which is funny considering like he could have just told the people like, oh, yeah, I've planted drugs in somebody's locker and <laughs> and, and sent oh. a <laughs> porn of a girl. Uh, all throughout this school. <laughs> yeah, that actually would have been more interesting to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to say owned... all the stuff that I've done. Exactly. I'm owning up to everything that I've done. I deserve to be here. But instead he like makes up some shit. I don't remember what it is. He just makes up some like crazy lie so that he can be there to be with her. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty commendable of him. And then this is good. This is where the weird part comes in. I love, I adore the fact that they fuck in the nurse's office like when when darcy is like 
no, I want to do this now. And it's weird because it's like Peter's like, oh, I was not coming here to um, have sex with you. But like it feels and like, you know, obviously sex is not transactional, but it does feel like he is like doing her a favor of like reclaiming her virginity. And um, it wasn't what he came there to do. But like it definitely is like, okay, well, he's he's offering up his own virginity in this nurse's office just to like make her feel better, um, which I've always thought was really sweet. So like that's like where the redemption arc really begins. Um, are you there? I am right. I am. I am here. I'm just. I'm. Re- I'm remembering that scene. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, they did fuck at that nurse's office. Yeah, they? it's really weird. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm always one for a um, an unconventional virginity loss scene. Yeah, like I, a, it's a bold assumption, uh, not assumption, assertion that his redemption arc ends by giving his virginity to Darcy. No, it doesn't end there. Well, it no, 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 begins. There. It begins. <laughs> he be, it begins by losing your virginity to Darcy in a nurse's office. That's True, when I like, really started becoming a better person. Like, honestly, though, like, I'm, I'm sure there's an argument that could be made for, like, that being a pretty selfless act, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, he gets a nut. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... <laughs> I guess when you're 16, that's really I all. Guess, the, I guess uh, he gets a nut out of it, but really, like she gains her agency yeah, through like, that nut. She gains, <laughs> she gains her, she gets herself back through that noble nut. That <laughs> stone yeeted into her vagina. She, she was able to take back the knife. <laughs> Not Peter's noble nut. <laughs> <laughs> His selfless seed. <laughs> Damn. Oh no. Oh Petey. Oh Petey. Oh Petey. Oh, Pete, Pete, Pete. <laughs> but yeah, like I like obviously like he was a good guy right after she was she, she was raped and he, yeah. you know he he stuck obvi- like that like bare minimum, right? Bare minimum. Yeah, bare minimum. Stick around. Uh, but that I feel was really his first like selfless act <laughs> his selfless seed uh, was really his first like selfless act um, that he did for someone else and I thought that was great um, yeah. and then he nodded for the greater good and then that's when that's so that's really the like the the lead into all right, now we're going to have Peter start um, making actual high school boy decisions, such as starting a band, right? Yes. And so that's when the studs happens. Um, but um, yeah, like, it's really just like, it's a, it's a hard shift, right? Like, it's a hard yeah. shift for, to suddenly be like, wait, didn't this guy, like, you know, <laughs> didn't he, wasn't he the worst man alive? And, and they don't really, um, like, yeah, he doesn't reap the consequences of most of his actions. Um, He never does. Yeah. And that's really the issue there is like, like for characters like Jay, um, I'm, I'm I'm making a lot of comparisons to Jay because Jay has a successful redemption arc. Um, for characters like Jay, we get to see him like 
get kicked out of school for the shitty things he he's done. We get to see him not be able to come to Degra- to like show his face at Degrassi ever again. Yeah. Um, we get to see him like have to create a new life for himself um, once he has been expelled from high school and see how that impacted his goals. Um, meanwhile, Peter served like, I don't know, three months of community service and like endless detention. And then, then suddenly he's a protagonist. Yeah, that, 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 that's about it. That's yeah. about it. So it's like, we don't really get to see him um, have those like humanizing moments of like being like, well, this is, yeah, I've done shitty things, but like, this is how they affect me in the long run. Cause nothing affects Peter in the long run. Yeah. I mean, we, we see moments of him like, oh, I'm not going to uh, break up with my girlfriend just because she has an eating disorder. Or, right. oh, I'm not going to break up with my girlfriend just because she ha- was sexually assaulted. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm still going to be cool to the giant jock who's my friend, even though he kissed me. Right. Yeah. Like, that's that I'm was my so next point. hot. <laughs> like, that's my next point. Because it's like, all right, well, now we're making this hard shift to Peter is a good guy. So naturally, the first move is to give him a friend who is gay. <laughs> Yeah, and have just him to be show really him understanding how, of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like, oh, Peter's a piece of shit, but he's not homophobic. Who do you think he is? <laughs> yeah, well, and, and honestly, that's a strategy that a lot of queer characters are thrown into, which is, oh, don't you see how wonderful our, our protagonist is? He has a gay friend. Exactly, exactly. Or he has a black friend. He's though, not a racist. <laughs> though I will commend Peter Stone for being able to be friends with Riley, not because Riley's gay, just because Riley's insufferable. <laughs> listen, you will listen to me. You I never said he me. wasn't hot. No, what I'm saying, <laughs> after you call me out on your podcast, I, I didn't think I was going to have to deal with this yet. I didn't think I was going to have to deal with this, but you know what? It's on the table now. I agree. No one should. Everyone who has had to be friends with Riley Elizabeth Stavros should receive a purple heart for combat. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that includes Peter Stone, unfortunately. Anya. Oh, Anya deserves Anya deserves not only the purple heart, she deserves a ticker fucking tape parade for how (laughs) supportive she was of Riley Stavros. (laughs) Anya McPherson is a queen, is an absolute (laughs) goddess, and we worship at her fucking braced ass feet. Yes, we do. Oh, I can't wait. I can't I wait cannot to get to wait. Anya. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, then part of Peter's redemption arc is to give him a gay friend and have him be really, really overtly cool with it. Yeah. And even though Riley kissed him right on the mouth and literally Peter, <laughs> like literally, like you're a 17 year old boy and your man friend just kissed you right on the mouth and then ran away. Peter's reaction to that is to then walk up to him with a big smile and be like, so are we going to talk about that? Yeah. Well, oh no, he didn't just kiss him and ran away. He kissed him, slammed him against a wall. Oh yeah. This didn't happen. And then he ran away into the woods. (laughs) To go make out with that boy with the fish lips. Yeah. (laughs) Good old trouty mouth. Good old trouty mouth in the woods. Uh, uh, this is, that's not Sam Evans. Um, that's, that's, a diff- that's a different traumatic. It's a show. different. It's, it's it's a different trouty mouth. It's a different um, trouty mouth. There are there's more than one trouty mouth in this sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so like then Peter gets to do that, and then he enters a territory um, of being 
like uh, then okay for, first of all then he gets into uh some rock star behavior which you, you will talk about but um that but like after that he gets into um spinner mason territory but like just into spinner mason really but yeah like ass. they they don't believe in him enough to make him the next spinner because that's really where he's going is like okay we've ended our first you know round of characters let's keep spinner at the dot because he's a a staple right like the dot is a staple spinner is dating a a high schooler still like that's you know um that's a, a way to keep spinner around so they do the same exact thing to peter they give him a job at the dot and they, you anticipate that Peter will stick around for season 10, which he's there. But <laughs> there. is he? <laughs> but is he really like, <laughs> like he's only there in like a few episodes, like four or five. And so it doesn't, it just feels like they had these plans for him, but um, quickly gave up on them, uh, which is, is sad to me considering like, I like Jamie Johnston. I would have loved to see Peter. I would have loved to have somebody from that that wave of characters kind of just stay around um, and get to like, I, I get, give Sav a friend that <laughs> is not his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend. Yeah. That was an issue. Yeah. Like, uh, like, cause like Excuse Peter me. gets to, he gets to be the, um, the sounding board for Sav all throughout the beginning of season 10 when Sav is like trying to understand his feelings for Holly J and um, I would have loved to see more of that as as season ten went on. All right, um, so let's do meth, guys. And by meth, <laughs> I mean one of the worst depictions of addiction um, I've ever seen. You, you know what I thought you were gonna say? I thought you were gonna say let's do meth, guys. And by meth, I mean meth. <laughs> <laughs> let's do meth, guys. And by meth, I mean actual methamphetamine. <laughs> It's a serious issue. And Peter Stone does not take this issue seriously. No. I mean, he does. Does the show, though? Um, it's a thing where, like, you know, that first drug plot line um, where you take someone else's Ritalin, um, mm-hmm. it's that level of, like, tone and mm-hmm. performance-wise of, like, wow, I, I did meth and now I'm whacked and whacked. You know what? <laughs> you are 100% correct. They approached that plot line with the exact same tone that they approached Jimmy taking Spinner's Riddle in. Yeah, it's it's not um it's not played for the serious problem that it is. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just um so just just to lay things out, just to set the scene. It's the beginning of season nine. Peter's life is great until he's told that there's no room for him in music class. Mm-hmm. Which is really devastating. He just assumed he could walk right in and be like, hey, I'm the star. Mm-hmm. I play I play guitar. My dad mm-hmm. knows that. <laughs> That's why he bought me a bass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because that was at the time that, like, Peter was having issues with his dad. And, and like, his, like, his random little sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... The little sister that's now exactly 17 years younger than him. Yeah. <laughs> just like, no. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, that, that, that's always a thing that I remember. Just like, wow. You, so, really? You couldn't get a guitar? You got yeah. a bass. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just because like wh- Peter's dad doesn't know him, guys. But like any idiot would just buy a guitar. You'd have yeah. to actively seek out a bass. It's the wrong thing. Like <laughs> basses are harder to come by than guitar. <laughs> anyway, this is not a, so he no room in music class. Um, Mia has scored that modeling job in Paris. Yes, you so, know who we haven't mentioned once in this episode? One Miss Mia, Mia Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> She'll come up in ships, I'm she sure. She will. She will. <laughs> so she scores that modeling job. He's feeling emasculated. He feels mm-hmm. purposeless. And then he goes to a party at the Queen's. Mm-hmm. Never a <laughs> good idea. Never attend an affair at the Coin home because what are you going to find there? To happen <laughs> it's either going to be drugs, incest. alcohol, or incest. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're lucky, the whole three, the whole triad. <laughs> we found drugs, we found alcohol, and we found incest. But in this one, the, the plot point is we find Victoria, the love of my a, life, a wacky gal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> only shows up to give meth and or warnings of um not to become mm-hmm. so victoria is a minor coin a coin cousin yes and she's like hey this is a bathroom at a rich person's house do you want to do some meth with me peter <laughs> and peter says of course that sounds like such a great idea sounds like an amazing opportunity to grow spiritually and then Doesn't they do meth I thought he thought it was Coke, which, like, does not improve anything. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, you know what? You're right. Because he's like, oh, yeah, this is Coke. It's fine. But no, it's methamphetamine. Yeah. And he flips out after that. We see him um, yell at his modeling mother-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, we see him just behave erratically for and this is the part that really gets me as a person who has experienced many a long battle with addiction um Mm -hmm. yes this is these are plot points that individually yes you're on drugs that's what that's what's happening but we're not seeing any of the lead-in right he went from zero to one thousand immediately which yeah like you're on speed but also you're not doing speed all the time like, unless you have an entire supply where you're up for four days, um, which we didn't see him doing that. Right. He's right. just behaving erratically to behave erratically. It, and, it's, and it's for comedy, kind of? I, it feels like it is. Like, the acting here is not superb. And I don't think it's Jamie Johnson's fault. No. I think I, if they had a consultant, that consultant was lying on their resume. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, there was no grinding of teeth. There was no um, talking about them in the walls. There was, there, there was, there, there was nothing. Yeah. That, yeah, it was just being hyper. Oh. Yeah. Like, it's Coke, exactly. And, yeah. like, itching, like, scratching. Yeah, and granted, meth, you pick at your face. You, you mm-hmm. pick at the thing, you, you scratch, you do the thing. But it wasn't, and I think, a solid part of a classic methamphetamine addiction it, you're dirty all the time you are mm-hmm. sweating chemicals that should not be anywhere near your body <laughs> and yeah so, and like yeah he had like tousled hair mm-hmm. but he wasn't deranged looking which is what you right. look like when you're on that drug 
And yeah, granted, this is Degrassi. It's it's Canadian after school special show. You're not gonna want to see your character like that. But right. also, if you don't want to see a character like that, don't make him do math. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't make him do math, you guys. Make him do coke, and then he'll yeah. just be annoying for a little while. Yeah, that's coke addiction that's definitely. Happen. Yeah, coke feels like the more Peter, like more of Peter's speed. <laughs> um, but like, I guess it's because they already did that with Craig. They felt like they needed to, um, they needed to branch out. Yeah, and like he he bursts in the middle of a dance and interrupts his band who doesn't mm-hmm. have it playing a song he wrote and he has a mental breakdown. Yeah, and that part I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed the sequence of events individually, but as a skit through and through, terrible execution. Yeah, yeah. Like I really, I remember really enjoying that um, that particular moment as well of Peter. Um, of Peter like f- coming to the dance and being like, "This is my song, Ugh, shared custody, shared custody." But uh, yeah, like it's one, it's one good part in the middle of a bunch of bad parts. <laughs> yeah, and it that plot line really solidifies something that I think you know, addiction storylines can do both poorly and and well mm-hmm. is when someone who is now an addict. Um, really fucks up you see Mm -hmm. um do the friends and family circle the wagons do they immediately abandon him right and peter is a character who i would have bought everyone just going okay well he's canceled now yeah because he's already done such bad shit yeah but we but fortunately for the writers they introduced the gay friend that he was Mm -hmm. very nice to and, mm-hmm. and, and we have Gavin Spinner Mason, who has no right to cancel anyone. Mm-hmm. So those two babysit him and, <laughs> until he, you know, sobers up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, then he has a talk with Daphne, um, his mother, Daphne, yes. um, about the problem. And she's like, sir, you have exhausted my last nerve. <laughs> Not methamphetamine in my home. Not methamphetamine. <laughs> Any other. Please, God. Yeah, Not... Daphne Hatsalakos is just so tired. And, like, I forget if this if this conversation was happening on one of her good hair days. Probably not. But mm-hmm. just absolutely infuriated. And he has, like, a, a, a struggle for a little bit with this, you know, for a couple of episodes. And then he just gets over it. Yeah. We had all of these pieces that if we were leading into an addiction plot line, there were little things you could plant to make mm-hmm. this better. Like addicts don't just very rarely are you a normal human and then you do meth once and now you're an addict. Right. Like if if you're going to make the poor choice to do methamphetamine, you're already making poor choices. Right. So we could have seen Peter have some sort of addictive personality thing that yeah. had, that was like with food, with video games, with mm-hmm. adrenaline, with uh, certain things that would lead you to believe that a stimulant might be a lovely feeling for this boy. Yeah. We had none of this. He's just a snarky dick. Yeah. And snarky dicks um, will do coke at a party one time, but they won't do it at work because obviously not. Because obviously, yeah, exactly. But Peter 
seems like an obviously not guy until he does math. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, you know, when they do yet another addiction plotline later on with a character mm-hmm. that I like a lot better, um, it's a little better, but not right. by much. Like, we really right. don't have a handle on addiction in the, in this series. No, we don't. Were you referring to Riley? Or not Riley. Riley doesn't have an addiction. I meant Fiona or Miles. Um, Anya. Oh, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Um, nice. Because we have, we have addiction all over the place. Because we have yeah. Fiona. We have um, Anya. We have Miles. We have yeah. um, Katie for a little bit. Katie, mm-hmm. like we have, we have, we run the gamut. And I, every time I watch one, I go, we we're hitting a different part of it, but it's just still not right. The same. And Peter is the worst example because right. it's it's co- it's comedy played for drama. Is yeah, this exactly, line. exactly. Like it felt like you know we all as Degrassi fans can quote Peter on that. I think I OD'd or something because that's a stupid line. <laughs> <laughs> like and Jimmy Johnston can't act his way out of that line. No, he can't do it. Like you, like, not, not even Daniel Day Lewis can act his way out of that line. <laughs> you, you give Meryl Streep that line. And you know what she'll do? She'll tear it up and yep. chew on it. And yep. she'll be like, I'm a dog now. Ruff, 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 ruff. Yep. So um, that's Peter on meth. And after he kicks his meth habit, we don't see it again. No, or we do. That kind of that episode when he starts above the dot. So that's my last plot point. Um, but when he starts above the dot, he is tempted by Victoria. Oh, right. Because she comes mm-hmm. back she once comes again back. The love to, op- to offer methamphetamine and mm-hmm. a-, a promise well, of destruction. Yeah, she she comes and they're like, and she's like, oh my god, no, I'm like, I'm clean now, it's okay. But then she, he, Peter finds out she is indeed not clean, and he's like, I'm sober. Get away from me, harlot. <laughs> yeah, and like, I understand what they were trying to do there. Yeah, and like, as a sober person who has encountered people from the past, um, who want to use again with a person that they've used with before. Yeah. Um, it can look like that. And Victoria, for all intents and purposes, great addict. Yeah. Oh. 100%. Yeah. I, I believe everything she's selling me. I, or she's serving looks. She's serving dead in the eyes. Mm-hmm. She's serving only into one thing and one thing only. And that is meth. <laughs> and that is methamphetamine, my dudes. <laughs> she comes in, I'm totally sober, looks at you with her dead eyes. I'm not trying to use right now with right. just another warm body. Right. Like, and we, she's serving all of that. She's giving us, she's giving us everything we need. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I guess that leads into my plot point, which is, Above the dot slash his eventual send-off. So what I feel would have been a great send-off for Peter was the fact that he opens a fun club, like a teen club, um, above the dot, which is located exactly where the name would <laughs> would tell you. It's above the dot. Um, and it's a storage room over the dot. 
um, that Peter is like, whoa, we've got all this space here. Let's like turn it into a club for teens, you know, where they can come and dance without the pressures of drugs and alcohol. And so <laughs> that was a, that was a spot on. That was a, that was a spot on Jamie Johnson. I know. I would uh, like to express once again that we love Jamie Johnson. We do. But <laughs> we are that's not how bullying he sounds. Jamie Johnson. That's exactly how he sounds. And, and Gavin Spinner Mason's like, all right, I'll let you do it. But only if you promise me it'll make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so he does that. He starts a business. Like, I feel like that would have been a great send off for Peter. But no, they just kind of let him like hang out until he was phased out without any, um, any explanation. But then he is brought back in next class where he acts as Maya's mentor for her music co-op because suddenly Peter is a professional musician. <laughs> like, I guess it makes sense considering, you know, he was in the Stutes. Um, but I don't think, like, I can't lie. Like, I wouldn't have pictured Peter going to school for music, right? I see him going to school for music, but like, I don't know. I, I, I don't see him being successful. I, I I see Peter like I'm trying to think of like what I could see him thriving in it's not music or music production it would be like business and then with the you know career goal of like being a music manager because that kind of was his like thing with the studs while they were Janie and the studs which is um, that he was kind of managing for them like getting yeah. them the gigs and all of that stuff. And I feel like that's like Peter's sweet spot considering like, I, cause you know, he's, he's like, Jamie Johnston is a very talented singer. Peter Stone is like fine, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's one of those where like, you're writing for like, you want the most idealized version. And so you're like, he doesn't, having him be a business major with a minor in, in music entertainment is uh, boring. Uh, yeah, we want, we, we want him to be a big a shot, big warrior. producer. Yeah, yeah. Even though, like for Sav, that would make so much more sense. And the fact that Sav and Peter now have the exact same career is weird to me. <laughs> yeah, and we all know that like they're friends, but like go to Sav. Exactly, exactly. It's like ooh, if you want this produced well, go to the guy who music was his thing this entire time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he comes back as a mentor figure to Maya. He, I believe, gets accused of being a pedophile by his ex-girlfriend, who I would have loved to see their relationship at some point in this show. Um, <laughs> she sounds... Like Chris... Yeah, her name was like Chrissy or Christy or something. Um, but yeah, he's kind of acts as... Like, he's the first guy, the first person from Next Generation to come back for Next Class. You know, eventually we see a bunch, but like him, he's the first one. And he acts as a stark contrast to the world of high school, right? Like, he is now a full adult. I think he's, like, 24 when he comes back, even though that does not make sense with the timeline. But no. <laughs> whatever. Um, he's 24, and Maya's, like, 17, trying to fit in with adults. And the point of bringing adults in was for Maya to... Um, to, to realize she's a, she's a baby. She's really young. And even though she has the talent of an adult and everyone and all the adults around her think so, doesn't mean that she belongs in their spaces all the time. Um, and that I think was a great plot. And I liked the use of Peter for it. 
because of his past, I feel. Um, yeah, because, he, like, Peter's lack of boundaries um, can still manifest itself in a way exactly. that is less malevolent. Exactly. Because if it had been Craig that they brought back earlier, like, in this position, um, I wouldn't believe it, right? Like, I wouldn't... Like, Craig is... He has a little sister. I mean, Peter has a little sister, too, but, like, not Maya's age. Yeah. Um, like, Craig has a little sister who's, like, who a is Maya's best? Who is Maya's best friend. Look, <laughs> we can't... We're not getting into <laughs> is Angie Tori so soon. We still have to get through... We still have to get through Jane and Danny Van Zandt and Derek Haig. We and can't Holly get Jason, into Claire and, we and Claire Edwards. We can't get into the is Angie is Tori Angie conspiracy not right now, but um, like Craig, he he, it wouldn't be believable that Craig would um, allow those boundaries to be crossed. Nor would it be believable for Sab to. Um, but, but Peter, Peter. <laughs> Exactly. Peter is the guy that's like, yeah, sure, hang out with me. Come to my 24th birthday, 17-year-old. Like, <laughs> Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, and I, I like that for Peter. I like kind of seeing where he ended up and um, somehow that his, the fact that he distributed porn of um, Manny Santos did not catch up with him and ruin his career. Um, Yet. Yet, it's, it is funny, though, considering in the Black Lives Matter episode, Peter and Sav were going to perform with Frankie, but then she's outed as a racist. <laughs> and they were like, whoa, this wouldn't be good for our image. Okay, Peter. <laughs> well, well, Peter should know. He doesn't want anyone digging into his past. The exactly. planting of drugs. The fucking the drag <laughs> racing gone wrong. Yeah. Just... The the, ch- the the distributing of child pornography as revenge porn via yeah. blackmail, like guys, yeah, no. no, he 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 knows. Um, so we did all our plot points. I guess it's time to get into ships. Uh, we've only got three, which I think is a great number for Peter. I and... think he should have been single this entire time. <laughs> Imagine that would have been pain. <laughs> That would have been pain for Peter. Yeah. I, does anyone in Degrassi ever go without a ship, um, like, uh, up until, like, the end where, like, they didn't get a lot of time to, like, be in and out of relationship? But, like, no. like, yeah, everyone gets at least one, right? Yeah. At least I think so. It would have been iconic. It would have. <laughs> but, yeah, I think everybody has one ship, at least, like, even Wesley. Wesley does have a ship, doesn't Big he? Red, and she's I the love, love of my her. life. I love her. Um, but, so yeah, um, we get to start with Peter uh, getting to date um, the original, the original, yeah. Emma Nelson. Um, he gets the absolute honor. <laughs> of, of the first one to receive post-glow-up Emma Nelson. Truly, truly. Peter is the first person to receive Emma post-glow-up. He does not deserve her. Um, and he, his relationship with Emma starts a trend in his relationships, which is that it begins a secret. It is yeah. a secret affair. A, um, an illicit affair. An illicit affair. And it's because, and this is something that a lot of people fault Emma for, which, like, yeah, you should. Um, it's because of what he did to Manny and that it's shitty for Emma 
to be dating the guy that <laughs> yeah. did that to her best friend. Emma's being a bad friend. Yeah. By, da- by dating someone who spread her friend's nudes yeah. around the school because she couldn't buy him a camera. Yeah. When she is poor and he is rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so, like, their secret, it's, it's, um, I have in my notes <laughs> that Peter and Emma is the superior secret relationship, but Peter and Darcy is the superior relationship in general. And here's what I mean by that, is that Peter and Emma, when they were sneaking around, it was kind of hot. Yeah, I was about to say, when we were watching that, you said, this is hot. It's sexy. Yeah, it's like, I love secrecy. Yeah, I I love a secret relationship. It's my favorite trope. Yeah, it's torrid. It's Mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 a little dirty, but it's still like like idolized. Mm -hmm. You know exactly, exactly. Like there's the like the the like just listen to illicit affairs by Taylor Swift. It's everything that Peter and Emma do. They're taking walks at night. They're going on picnics in the middle of the fucking woods for no one to see them. They're making out in empty movie theaters next to their parents. Who are also making out in an empty movie theater. Yeah. This ship really does get more awkward the more you think about, hey, did my mom and your dad just... Like, no wonder Emma got an eating disorder. She's like, I'm secretly dating the guy that distributed my best friend's nudes. Now my dad is is making out with my boyfriend's mom, but no one can know because my boyfriend is my secret boyfriend. And no my wonder. boyfriend's mom is also my principal. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder. Um, but yeah, like, uh, what is there to like about Peter and Emma besides the fact that he was really good during her eating disorder? Like, uh, what do they offer each other? Peter offers um, spice that mm-hmm. Emma is missing. Because let's face it, Emma and Sean's relationship was tumultuous but not like in the edgy way yeah you know like it was very much like oh like a a homegrown boy on the wrong side of the tracks and a girl is just trying to make it in this world like it's very white bread and then peter's like hey what if i told you i was a terrible person but you wanted to kiss me anyway (laughs) exactly exactly and she offers him legitimacy because she's Mm -hmm. an older woman she's the hottest girl mm-hmm. wandering around here that's blonde. Um, Manny yeah. Santos, I still believe, um, was the superior um, in yeah. terms of, you know, just all and out, all and out gorgeous. But yeah, but, but Emma offered that, that blonde bombshell thing that he pursues as, as status. Mm-hmm. Um, he, she offered um, a little bit of a moral compass, but not too much because she's in her bad phase with him. Right, right, exactly. So, like, he's able to get away with something, and he's also, frankly, he's getting off at the fact that he is with the best friend of a girl who rejected him. Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally see that. So, like, their whole, like, their whole dynamic is just shitty. Uh, <laughs> toxic. Toxic as shit. So, like, yeah, we, we, we can't like Peter and Emma, really. So, next is Peter and Darcy. Um, which, you know, starts, like, they have a really shaky start. Because at this point, they're trying to figure out how to make Peter good. Uh, yeah. And so, they keep having him pursue Darcy in this, like, really, you know, persistent, annoying kind of way. 
Um, and since she's a good girl and he's a bad boy, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's taboo. And um, their secret relationship. So when she finally gives in and decides to date him, I don't remember how he gets her to do it. Um, but when she finally gives in and they, um, they are dating in secret, it's not as sexy as it is when he was with Emma. It's just kind of sad because it's like they can only be at they can only be at school together they're only like in cars nobody's parents can know and like once her parents find out they're like really mean about it or like they don't even know that they're dating they just know that they're like being around each other and her mom is like he's he's that you can't be around him helen edwards i hate her <laughs> helen edwards really was just the worst woman alive in every iteration she was 14 different people yeah like i i every time i think about her face i'm just like oh she was so annoying but like you know she said shit about peter and then like to daphne and daphne was like what oh, yeah my son's a piece of shit i'm trying i'm working on it okay yeah listen uh- <laughs> we are working on this project of a person all right yeah i don't need your judgment Exactly, Helen. With your um, shitty bumped up girl girl that you're raising. How yeah. many bumpets are in her hair? <laughs> <laughs> like literally, wasn't there the, the scene where they're like talking and um I think like Peter and Darcy got like caught sneaking into somewhere or something. Yeah. And Helen goes up to Daphne and is like talking shit and Daphne's like, Look, we're trying to make Peter an upstanding young man. And Helen goes, Well, maybe if you and Mr. Hotzalakos were still together. Uh- <laughs> Bitch, only, only, only the later for you to be <laughs> divorced. <laughs> divorced in two years, uh, three years, I guess. Um, but yeah, like that's that. Peter and Darcy as a secret relationship was mostly just annoying, but them as a relationship in what they gain from each other and stuff, I think is probably his most healthy ship of them all, or like at least healthy and interesting. Yeah, um, he he gets um. He gets a lot of growth from Darcy. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it, like even pursuing somebody like Darcy, who is, you know, pure and um, judgmental, uh, like, even pursuing that for him is very different than what he's, um, than what we're used to yeah. seeing him do. Too bad um, and, it's a recycled plot from Spinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And granted, he definitely sees her as, like, a challenge, which isn't a, a recycled plot. From a spinner but um he you know he he takes that challenge down once they like actually get to know each other and like um you know fall for each other but only for him to then like be a teenage boy and be like so like we're not having sex ever <laughs> like is that really what you meant yeah um and then they do have sex and then she runs away to Africa. And then she runs away to Africa, to Kenya to be exact. And it's clear after she's gone that he still has some like, you know, lingering feelings for her. Um, I have in my notes that I just felt like I needed to say. And it is that um, he, Peter is a good boyfriend. He is not a good person, but he is a good boyfriend. And I find that so interesting, you know? <laughs> Especially since his dad is not a good husband. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, I, it, you know, it probably is, you know, we can really dig deep and be like, it has something to do with his parents' divorce. Like, he might not, like, 
he can't experience real love until he's validated and deserving it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, where it's like he can treat everybody like shit, but then once somebody is like, no, I'm actually going to let you know that you're worthy of being loved, then he is capable of like loving and being somebody that isn't a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, it's yeah, it's very interesting um, to see him get to be so good to Darcy and Emma, uh, for that matter. But then, yeah, then Darcy runs away to Kenya. Um, And it's really sad because we then have to watch him get over his lingering feelings for Darcy while still, while pretty quickly pursuing Mia. Yeah, where he dates Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Uh, And, yeah, like, their relationship in season eight. Is it eight and nine? Oh, yeah, because Mia leaves in nine. So... It's just all of eight. Um, their relationship in season eight is, like, fine. Like, that's what I'm, like, like I guess P- Peter and Mia is the most healthy relationship. But Peter and Darcy is healthy and interesting. Yeah. The, the problem with dating Mia is everything about her seems like it should be interesting. And yet... It's not. It's just it's not. not. Like... I don't think they ever talked about. Hey, I went to your, um, I went to your dead boyfriend's funeral. Funeral, yeah. I, like, I did that. I did that, and we don't talk about it. Exactly, or like even like his relationship with Danny, like how that affects his relationship with Mia. There's not a lot of that, uh, but yeah. So like, then he's with Mia, and like, is there ever any like? oh, Peter's going to be a stepfather? Like, is, does he ever, like, connect with Isabella at all? Um, she, um, Mia plays uh, tambourine in the studs once, and that's kind of like being a stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, she brought her tambourine to, <laughs> to the movie set. Um, so, that, yeah, like, I think we're ready for marriage. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that was it. Um, I, I remember, again, when he has that sister that no one planned for, Mm -hmm. Um, he's like I don't want to be a part of this little baby's life and Mia's like does that mean you don't want to be a part of my baby's life yeah yeah there it is there it is and he was like well um, I didn't want responsibility uh (laughs) yikes he didn't think about that he didn't think that far ahead yeah (laughs) Uh, but yeah like Peter and Mia was fine Um, and then she also left him to be on the CW so and you know what? Good for her. She had she had a modeling job that was not necessarily healthy, but you know what? She did it, mm-hmm. and he was he was doing meth anyways. Like like that yeah. really was a good send off. And he, as self destruction goes, a drug habit will take care of the girlfriend pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. And that one was logical and believable. Like yeah, yeah. devolve into drugs, you'll get rid of the girlfriend pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. I am surprised that Peter never got an endgame. I'm happy that he didn't, and I respect that um, from them. But, like, it just kind of, like, I would have expected him to, like, at least with, like, Jimmy, for example. Like, not to say that Peter and Jimmy are similar characters in any <laughs> in any way, but, um, like, Jimmy, he after he and Ashley break up, um, he is with Trina, but Trina's not, like, a big character, but, like, then in Jimmy's final appearance, they tie up the ends of Jimmy and Trina by being like, oh, he's going to propose, right? Right. Um, Peter doesn't even get, like, a nameless girlfriend. I mean, until he comes back to next class. But then by then, she's his ex. Um, 
he doesn't even get like a nameless girlfriend that he like is like oh I'm moving to Toronto University right like they just kind of let him exist in all of season nine um, because his main plot point is getting back in the good graces of his band. Um, and I like that. I, I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. And even season 10, like when he, or is that, that season 10 when Victoria comes back or is like at the end of season nine? I think it's, yeah, I think it's season 10. Okay. So yeah, even season 10, when Victoria comes back, um, they don't even like, like, obviously he's like, be gone, slut. Uh, <laughs> what's that mean be gone thought Uh, (laughs) (laughs) like that's kind of how he reacts to victoria but there isn't even like a little like like oh maybe one day when she's sober kind of thing it's just kind of like they just let peter exist and i think that's correct for his character yeah he he's not gonna settle down for a long time no yeah. yeah yeah i see that um but okay we hit the plot points we hit the ships I'm not missing anything right now. The time is we... Uh, now is the time we, we that we end ourselves. the pod. <laughs> no, that we reveal when was the time we were such a Peter. Though, uh... <laughs> this one is more of like a self-read because like who wants to ever be Peter? Well, I was really brave and stood by um, all my partners through their various disorders. <laughs> all right, your turn. um i did i forgot about this part of the podcast to be completely honest um so i'm gonna have to think for all right i'll go i'll go first um i already outed myself as um a a drug addict so i could Mm -hmm. I, i could go with that but also there's a time in my life where i was behaving in a way that was let's say antagonistic mm-hmm. um, not really becoming of a young lady such as myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned that sometimes despite all logic and reason um, that you get a second chance. Right. And when you look at the plot, that second chance may not make sense to you, may not make sense to the audience, mm-hmm. but damn it. The rest of the characters are like, you can do it. You can you can turn it around, sweetie. And for me, that's when I I, I relate to Peter Stone in that way, where it's like, yeah, sometimes you just get to do things and get away with it, and yeah. then and then you have to choose to be a better person by yourself. Because really, are you gonna wait to be alone? Right. Because you could <laughs> wait until everyone's done, and then you're just alone. Right. And that's no fun. And he, re- he he realizes that. That's why he wants to get back with his band. He's like, oh, if I continue to be the worst man alive, I don't get to have a band anymore, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> Which is relatable content. That is relatable content. Um, oh, I love that. Um, yeah, when was the time that I was such a Peter? Funnily um... enough, I have, I have a list. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the time that I was such a Peter um, was this past fall. Um, I, too, um, started a thing and then fucked it up for myself. And um, I'm still feeling the, the repercussions of my actions. Um, I'm going to f- try and figure out how to say this in a way that doesn't make me sound like a fucking nerd. But um, 
for four years, I had an online writing group um, that I loved and adored. And it was my most successful one ever because I had tried them in the past. And it's full of my friends, um, friends that you have heard on the pod. And I, and COVID hit and things got really stressful and we were all really stressed out. And I said some things that I shouldn't have said. And then the group was over. I'm, I still have my friends, thankfully. Um, but it does, it, I feel guilty for it. Like every day that I, like if it had ended on any other terms besides me being an asshole, uh, I would be okay with it, but it's like, because it it was coming to kind of a natural end, but like in the same way that Peter being on meth, um, then made his bandmates not want to be around him. Me being a psychotic (laughs) tyrant of a leader, um, made my friends not want to write with me anymore. Well, you know, they still do, but like not in that, uh, in that situation. And so I still feel sad about the way it ended. And since I hold such a, um, such dearness in my heart to that particular group. Um, but yeah, like that's a time that I was such a Peter, um, is, you know, being a shitty friend and then, uh, having to, gain back the the good graces and trust of my friends uh you did it i did it i figured out when i was such a peter and and you and your redemption arc um made sense um on the day that we record this uh june 11th 2000 almost 2001 2021 (laughs) um they have just done the degrassi panel at the um atx tv festival today in which a bunch of cast members and creative team from Degrassi are talking about the show or have talked about the show. I couldn't get tickets to see just that panel. Um, so I'm mad, but people who did have been sharing stuff about it online and I'm excited to read about everything that they said so far. I'm not hearing any announcements of a reboot, which like was my big hope. (laughs) I think it's all of our big hopes really. Yeah. Uh, but there's no announcements of a reboot, but, um, I'm happy to hear that the cast all, not all, but like a good number of cast members from all walks of the, um, of the Degrassi, the next generation canon um, kind of all got together virtually and were able to talk about their experiences and reminisce. And I just, I just think it's absolutely lovely. And cause like we've said before, we love how much the actors like respect this show, regardless of it being like a, uh, a, a dramatic teen show. Um, most of them really respect the work. And I love that for them. Um, one funny update that I'm reading as I'm reading updates is no one knows what happened to Kendra. <laughs> Kendra's still a mystery. Yep, she's still in the void. And I love that for her. Um, so I guess that's our episode. We did it. We came We're back. back. We're back. We came back. Um, I'm going to decide on the spot who next week's episode is going to be about. And it's going to be Danny Van Zant. Okay. I don't know who my guest is going to be. Danny um, Van Zant. <laughs> but I'm excited to record it. Where can people find you on social media, Daniel? I'm at Danny Boy Herman across all platforms. Okay. I am at OMG It's Key across platforms. That's Instagram and TikTok. And you can follow the podcast 
on Instagram at Cuckoo Bananas Podcast, or you can email us at Cuckoo Bananas Podcast at gmail.com. And I guess, yeah, I guess we're all done here. Um, and, rem- and remember, not for someone else in your life, not just for yourself. <laughs> we're never going to let me live that one down. And I stand by it. The I noble, not nobly, <laughs> not for, for the guy next to you, for the girl on the train, not for someone today. <laughs> Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.